0: This is the hour you? The time is now I preach, my dear friends, you're about to receive on John Barleycorn, nicotine, and the temptations of Eve. What's it all about? Nobody knows what it's all about. Too much, man. Let it all hang out. I'm making myself look real good. Yeah. You all strong? Yeah, strong
1: is good. Let it all hang out. Let it all hang out. I don't give practices. I don't Let see myself out, as a teacher. What I see this as is a, it's a sharing. You know, I, I don't call it a teaching. I call it a sharing of something that's really, really too intimate to talk about. You know, I mean, the first thing to say really is that the, the moment we talk about it, the moment we talk about non-duality, it's just, it's just not true. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Urban Guru Cafe. This week, Aretti speaks with Jeff Foster. There are all these competing schools on foot, and the beauty of, I think, of the way I communicate this, is, is that it can't be captured by any school of thought. You know, every every school of thought is just that, a school of, of thought. And the beauty of this is that it can't be captured by any school of thought. It can't be captured by by thought at all. The mind hasn't got a hope of understanding this or grasping this. It's too alive. It's too free to be grasped. So, yeah, all, all of these are intellectual debates. They're quite funny, really. I, I do find them quite funny. It's it's the mind trying to grasp just something that it could never, ever have. It could never possess. The reason I don't give out practices is because I don't know. You know, I don't know what's best for anyone. I really don't. You know, to claim that I had any sort of answers whatsoever would be immediately to fall into the trap of, of being a teacher. <laughs> and I, I, I can't see myself as a teacher because I can't see myself as anything. You know, what I usually say is that this also it's not a rejection of practices. Every practice, every method has its place until it doesn't, you know. As, as long as there's an individual there, there's there's a world full of practices. There's self-inquiry, meditation, all sorts of things. As long as there's an individual there, there's all sorts of things to do. But it's in the falling away of that individual that it's seen that there is no path to this. There is no process that could get you here because this is all there is and you're already here. So really, I think the reason why a lot of these practices Appear to work, say so the self inquiry is because they fail. How is it we are here on this path we walk in this world of pointless fear filled with empty talk? How is it we are here?
0: How is it
1: we are here? I practiced self inquiry for a while, I, I did meditation for a while, I, I tried everything, and you know, everything appears to work. Meditation appears to make you a bit more peaceful you know as long as that works it, it works but at some point what was seen over here is that uh, who who was it who was sitting down to meditate and who was it who was doing the self inquiry? and I know self inquiry is all about you know sitting with the question who am I but at some point uh, what was seen over here is well, well who asked that and, and that was something that I an answer that I could never find uh, and so really perhaps the point of self-inquiry is that it ends in failure and frustration and perhaps in the midst of that frustration something else can open up but you know not not just self-inquiry but any practice any path really is is a path to failure but it perhaps in that failure you know that that failure is the failure of the mind it's the failure of the mind to get what it wants it's the failure Of the mind to reach a destination
0: with the self inquiry, it's you look back to see if there is anything there, and there's Mm. obviously nothing there. I mean, it's so obvious that there's no one in control of the show, Mm. but that doesn't Mm -hmm. seem to be enough.
1: Yeah, it's it usually it remains a purely um, intellectual thing, you know that. Speaking from my own experience, what I was left with, with, with after months of self-inquiry, I was left with three words on a question mark: "Who am I?" question mark That's all I could find. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't find a self who was asking the questions. I, mean, I, I had all sorts of experiences. You know, I, I mean, you know, thought can create any sort of experience. You can meditate, and you can have all sorts of incredible spiritual experiences. But uh, and while while self-inquiring people report all sorts of experiences, mind-blowing experiences. But the problem with experiences is that they come and go, and you can't hold on to them. I mean, a lot of people, they have wonderful experiences self-inquiring, and then they, they lose those experiences, and they want them back. And it can become very frustrating, you know, and then they self-inquire with even more effort, you know, and they and they try even harder to get back those experiences. And, and it just becomes uh, just a merry-go-round. Mm-hmm. It can become just vicious circle after vicious circle, thought trying to end thought, you know. The mind trying to put an end to the mind, the ego trying to end the ego, and I mean that's all fun. I mean, in a way, whilst it lasts. No,
0: not um, fun at
1: all. It can be fun for a while. It can be fun for a while. I mean, there can be a, when you first discover self-inquiry, or it can be a great excitement, you know. And after a while, it just descends into this vicious circles. You know, it's the mind trying to find the root of itself. It's it's me trying to end the me. It's the self trying to end itself, and it's just vicious circle after vicious circle. So how could I ever advise people to self en- this isn't a rejection of self inquiry but um, how could I ever give someone a practice that just didn't work for me it wouldn't be honest for me if this is about anything it 's about absolute honesty yeah. absolute integrity so i couldn 't give a practice that didn't work for me because ultimately no practices worked because as long as there was practicing there was a me who was practicing I was trying to get somewhere so In all honesty, I could not recommend any practice. I also don't reject any practice at all, because how could this be about any sort of rejection?
0: You say, this is the absolute freedom which cannot be reached through any sort of effort or non-effort. So where does that leave us? No practices, no effort,
1: no non-effort. Where does that leave the seeker? The seeker is always looking for something to do, and you know it's it's always the wrong question. What can I do? It's always the wrong question. This, the way I I see this, it's not about a doing. It's not about what can I do. And the moment you into the the doing game, you've always, you're, I mean, you're already a, a million miles from this. You know, it's. I like to use the word seeing. It's about a seeing, not a doing. And the, the, doing, the doing plays itself out. I mean, I would never say to anyone, stop practicing, stop doing, you know, as if they had the choice. But I mean, I'll tell you, over here anyway, what, what was seen is that after years and years of seeking and misery and frustration and depression and, I mean, everything, when this was seen, what was also seen is that it had nothing to do with anything that I'd done. Or hadn't done nothing because it had nothing to do with me. it had nothing to do with the seeker. Mm. So the, the little seeker runs around runs around the world trying to, to do to do to do to do and every practice appears to work for a while until it doesn't and then there'll be a seeking for a new practice and, and the seeking just goes on and on and on. So this isn't about feeding that seeking it's not about feeding that. It's about a seeing a seeing. And there is no path to that seeing, and see this is the point where the mind gets completely frustrated because it hears that, and it comes up against a brick wall, an absolute brick wall and what it thinks that I'm saying is that we should do nothing that that's what it might hear that's often what's heard is that this is about doing nothing, and of course then doing nothing becomes another doing of course you know and it yeah and it thinks this is about giving up and then of course there's the effort to give up and it, and it, you know and it hears that if the seeking is the problem then i need to give up the seeking so it tries desperately to give up the seeking it seeks the end of seeking and that's more seeking than ever that can get more miserable more,
0: more frustrating. frustrating than
1: ever mm. exactly trying to give up the seeking so what i always say is that you know if if you were doing the seeking if if you were choosing to seek you would stop seeking right now and you never would have started seeking in the first place if you were doing it. You know, if you were doing the suffering, you would stop suffering right now. So what becomes absolutely clear is that you're not doing any of this. This, is, this isn't this is you doing the seeking, so it's not your responsibility to end the seeking. This is oneness looking for itself. This isn't you doing it just in the same way that you're not doing hearing or doing seeing or doing thinking you're not doing seeking and it's in the seeing of that it's in the seeing of that and of course this is why (laughs) this is why we're really doomed from the start the moment we talk about non-duality because the moment we say something like it's about the seeing so, so the mind goes right you know how can i do that seeing So that's why i always say it's not about the understanding this isn't about this could never be understood i mean I used to think that I understood this years ago, you know, and I'd done all the self-inquiry and meditation, and I thought I had an understanding of non-duality. And, of course, the moment you think you have an understanding of Mm non-duality, you know, um, this is about an understanding. It's about a falling, you know, it's a falling um, into the mystery of it, into the not knowing. And it's in that not knowing that the whole, that whole intellectual game, all those debates and the right versus wrong and the inquiry in the self inquiry or not, meditation or not, you know, pr- to practice or not, all those intellectual arguments, they just fall away. They just become irrelevant. It's not a rejection of those at all, because those intellectual debates, they play out. They play themselves out. There's a perfect harmony to this, and, and those debates, they go on for as long as they go on, you know. And, and I know years ago I was incredibly intellectual about this, and I used to have all of those debates and the ego loves that it absolutely loves that right versus wrong thing yeah. but at some point it just becomes so tiring
0: and
1: tiresome it's so and tiresome and exhausting and it's and the whole thing misses the point completely you know it just misses the point and the point is <laughs> the point is that there is no point point. it's about a seeing it's about falling into the mystery of it and that isn't something that you can do because it's what's already there it's what's already happening what's this is already the case. And, and what was seen over here is that the reason that Jeff that the seeker could never find this was because it was staring him in the face. You know. He was looking for something that he had never lost. It was already there and in that in that seeing, you know, um it was in this seeing that Jeff that the seeker had played his whole life out and it was in this seeing that the seeking had unfolded and it's like this seeing is it's everything and the the little seeker i mean in their innocence i mean this isn't to condemn the seeker this isn't to blame the seeker this happens in absolute innocence forgive them father they know not what they do this seeking it's it's looking for something that we could never have never and that that's the beauty of it you know this cannot be had this can't be possessed it's absolute freedom you're listening to the Urban Guru Cafe. This week's guest is Jeff Foster. It's absolute freedom, and there's no requirements, and that it's it's like the absolute simplicity of that is absolutely it's shattering to the mind. It's stunning to the mind. That's why the mind cannot hear that. That's why it can't hear that, and it just wants to go off and seek and look for practices and methods and effort, effort, effort. Because it can't see the stunning simplicity of of this, of of what is, you know?
0: Let's talk a little bit, bit more about that idea, too, about if there's nothing to get you know, there's Mm. there's nothing to get, there's nobody to do anything, and how Mm. sometimes people can fall into this nihilism. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know that
1: one? (laughs) My goodness, my goodness. Yeah, so all these concepts, there is no one, there's no choice, there's nothing happening, it's all a dream, you know, these can so easily just be taken on as another religion. I've seen this happen so often in in the the meetings that I do, Um, people have taken on, say the concept there is no one and they absolutely believe that there is no one you know and it's a person believing there's no person it's a self believing there's no self but they cannot see it because they've stopped it's like they've taken that on as a religion and they've just closed off their ears they've closed off their eyes and they've stopped listening and these are some of the most miserable people that I've met you know and and I I really relate to that that's exactly how I used to be years ago I I had (laughs) I I had taken all this on as a religion, and you know I I was absolutely miserable, but I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't realize it. I I thought I I used to believe that I was awakened, enlightened, because I I'd, I'd come to this place, and I think a lot of people relate to this because I, I hear this a lot. I've kind of fallen into this very empty, very dead place. I would kind of fallen into the nothingness, and I I used to think that that was what awakening was. Where it, it was falling into the emptiness, falling into the nothingness, finding the space. That empty, clear space behind the world. You know that saying, the world is illusory, Brahman alone is real, Brahman is the world. Well, I mean, after a lifetime of suffering, what happened over here was there was this huge pulling back away from the world. Because to me, the world was misery. And after a lifetime of suffering, you know, naturally I wanted to pull away back into the emptiness, back into awareness, back into consciousness, back into the space. Behind the world, because, in a way, very subtly, the world was an enemy to me, you know, and this life, this body, the ordinariness of everyday life was a problem, so there was a pulling back into the emptiness behind the world and I thought that 's what awakening was, you know it was very peaceful, but it was very dead, yeah. it was very empty, and I, I remember very clearly and uh, I think, and um, a lot of people relate to this, I think I, I used to <clears throat> spend days, weeks. Uh, just walking around. I, I used to live in um, Oxford, England, and I would just walk around for hours and hours and hours, and just in that nothingness, nothing would be happening. You know, and it would be a beautiful sunny day, and people would be laughing and joking, and kids would be screaming, and I would just be walking around, just absolutely empty. Nothing was happening. Nothing could touch me. And in a way, it was very peaceful. After a lifetime of misery, it was kind of, it was a relief to be in that place but there was something very dead about it
0: it was a mind construct of what duality is yeah it was, absolutely yeah.
1: absolutely i mean it was seen so clearly that there was no person that there, but there was nothing not only was there no person but there was nothing it was just absolute emptiness now what i completely missed of course was that emptiness is form you know that that brahman is the world that you know i'd fallen absolutely into this into this it was detachment it was absolute detachment Um, but I thought that that was what awakening was and I think I've heard this from a lot of people and I think a lot of people get trapped there that awakening is about detachment it's about falling into the emptiness and and of course you know as long as there's that emptiness behind the world that there's there's separate that's more separation than ever that's more separation than ever Mm -hmm. that's in a way that's absolute separation but I the funny thing was I, I couldn't see it at the time I thought that was awakening (laughs) <laughs> okay. So I remember, I remember very clearly. Um, after I'd spent just a whole day just walking, 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 and nothing was happening, and I went to lie down in a in a field in Oxford, and I, I just remember lying there and I looking up at the trees, and the sunlight was shining through through the trees, and there was this, this ray of sunlight, and I just saw it, and I remember it was like this voice, it, it was, and of course it wasn't a voice, but there was this sense of Jeff, for God's sake, live. <laughs> live live you know this world is not a mistake this body is not a mistake you know form is not a mistake Mm -hmm. and this astonishing thing started to happen was that this this emptiness started to collapse back into the form it's like the no one became a someone again yeah and what was seen is that that had just been just an intellectual game this this there is no one, there's no choice, there's nothing, nothing to do, it becomes so nihilistic. It can become so nihilistic. And I've fallen into that trap and it's such a trap. That that, that, that nihilistic trap the, the the nothing trap because it misses it misses the it misses out the bit where the nothing is something. The nobody is somebody. The emptiness is form. You know. So over here what happened is that whole thing collapsed back into a very ordinary life and it was like there was this joy this joy returned because that that place of nothingness of emptiness had been so joyless it had been so dead and empty (laughs) and I'd missed out this this life this ordinariness of this human existence because I thought you see I thought in my arrogance really that, that that was a mistake that this life was a mistake it's not a mistake it's only a person who's separate from this that would see this as a mistake you know and so this whole thing collapses back down into a very ordinary life, but what's seen is that that ordinary life is the absolute miracle. ordinary life is the absolute miracle. It's not that there is nobody. It's not that there's no one. It's that that no one is someone. And, and, and this, at this point, the the mind it can't it can't accept that. It can't deal with that because it, it, it can only see absolute paradox there. You know. And of course, there is no one. There is no choice. It's just another dualistic concept. They're just more concepts. And it's this can't be contained by any of it it can't be contained by there's no choice or there is choice or there's no one or there's someone those are just you know intellectual games the mind plays it's the the the, the miracle is that nothing is appearing as everything is that no one is appearing as someone is that emptiness is appearing as form is that oneness is appearing as apparently separate things so this isn't a the way that's heard a lot is that that's a rejection of separation. It's a rejection of separate things. That I need to reject the separate things and move into the oneness. But of course, what the mind can never see is that the oneness isn't separate from these apparent separate things. Yeah. So things, things can still go on playing at being separate. So over here, they're still playing at being Jeff. Of course. For years, I tried to get rid of Jeff. I thought I had to get rid of Jeff and move into the oneness. You know, and that's more dualistic than ever. You know, oneness is not a rejection of Jeff. You know, it's like the wave isn't a rejection of the ocean because the wave is the ocean. Yes. So, Jeff or anyone—not not that I'm special at all. This is, this is true for everyone. You know, the individual is already—it's in the already. You see, and already a perfect expression of that oneness. So there's no need for any rejection because rejection is separation. And this isn't about any sort of rejection. It's the seeing that everything is oneness. And that means everything is perfectly itself.
0: Yeah.
1: It's like so that the, the the cup goes on being a cup and the body goes on being a body, you know, it's chop wood and carry water. Chop wood and carry water. But it's all seen to be the absolute miracle. It's the mystery. It's something coming out of nothing. And where it's coming from and where it's going nobody knows <laughs> but it's a play it's light you know it's it's got that dreamlike quality it's not serious and these intellectual games can get so bloody serious mm. and you know that when you have seriousness you have ego you have mind this is the nature of this it's light it's light. you know it's a play yeah. it's not serious it's not heavy it's not solid it's it's a play of oneness And that can't be captured by any concept. Even these these so-called non-dualistic concepts, there is no one. There's no choice. They're just, ultimately, they're just concepts. And it's such a mistake to take those on as as a new religion because this can't be contained by any concept. And that's why it's so gorgeous. It's so beautiful. It's so alive. It's so free. (laughs)
0: nothing for us to do there's just the falling away
1: the falling into the mystery which is what we are which is what we are this isn't it's not a new state you know it's not a a coming into a new state it's the falling away of that seeking the falling away of that effort and that striving and that seeking and and just arresting with This, but that can't be a practice. It could never be a practice because it's all that's ever happening. All that's falling, all that's ever happening is that falling away. Mm. You know, it's everything is constantly falling away. You can't keep a hold of anything. Everything that ever happened, everything that ever happened, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. What can you really cling on to? There's nothing to cling on to. And to the mind that is trying to build an identity, that is very threatening. That can be very frightening. But of course, there there is no mind, there is no mind, there's just this, there's just what's happening, there's just sounds happening, and smells happening, and thoughts arising out of nowhere, and falling back into nowhere, and just the present appearance of everything. And you know, we have so many ideas of what oneness is, what awakening is, so many concepts, so many ideas, and ultimately, that's all they are, they're, they're ideas, they're concepts, you know and it's absolutely shocking for the mind to see that this is it that this is already oneness Mm -hmm. because to the mind i mean this is what it all comes down to really to the mind this is too ordinary you know sitting on a chair breathing talking it's too ordinary and we want so much more and that's where the whole thing begins, really, is this search for something more than this. Because we have so many ideas, we've been told so much throughout the ages, all the teachers have promised us so much more, a higher state of consciousness, deeper state of consciousness, awakening, enlightenment. And we want it, and we want it for us. You know, I want the awakening for me. It's still a me. I want the enlightenment for me. I want, I want, I want, I want... So that's what it all comes down to, is, is, you know, that this is never enough. But it's in the seeing, in the seeing that this is all there is. You know, this is all there is. When you say it, it's just a pointer. It's a concept. It can't be understood. It's pointing to something that is so present and so alive. You know, it's staring you in the face that the mind gets very threatened because the mind operates in terms of past and future. The mind operates in terms of understanding. If it can't understand something, if it can't grasp something, it has no value. You know. To I mean, I mean, make no mistake. What we're talking about to the mind is death. This is absolute. To the mind, this is absolute death because this leaves the mind with nothing to do. But the funny thing is that that death is absolute freedom. You know, the mind fears it more than anything because it's the unknown, it's the unknown, it's the mystery, it can't be grasped, and I mean that's why we fear death, because it's the unknown, it's a plunge into the unknown, plunge into the unknown, but that plunge is always happening, that's all that's ever happening is that plunge, it's that falling away, it, you know, everything, there's that old Zen saying, everything is always changing so nothing can be yours. So it's in the seeing that none of this is yours. And to the mind, that's like a death. It's like a death. You know, we we talk about me and my life. We talk about losing my life. But as Jesus said, you know, you have to lose your life to save it. It's in the seeing that none of this is yours. And you can't have it and you can't keep it. And that's why it's so precious. (laughs) That's why it's so astonishing. That's why it's the miracle. You've been listening to the Urban Guru Cafe, a podcast on the subject of non-duality.